Hey, if you listen to the Kevin and Taylor show, it's evident that you love music. So check out this evidence of how powerful music really is. New research shows that listening to your favorite song makes your medication more effective. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) They already knew that music can get rid of your bad mood, help you with pain and anxiety. But this is the first time that they learned music makes your medicine work better. In fact, uh, patients getting chemo even had less nausea when they were listening to their favorite song as the chemo went in. I wonder if doctors would say, is that placebo? Is it just because, you know, your mood is enhanced so everything seems to be better, right? Shows you the power of your whole body, like your attitude, all that. Yeah. That, the, but that about, Even if um, it is like psychosomatic, the fact that it makes your medicine work better. Well, think wild. about when you work out, right? If you're working out, you probably don't put on ballads. No. You put on upbeat music that's going to get you going. So maybe, yeah, if it has that effect on your ability to work out harder, why, why couldn't it make your, your meds work harder? Yeah. Coming up, have you ever had to go to extreme lengths to keep a promise? Have you ever gone to extreme lengths just to keep a promise you made to somebody? Well, Tiffany definitely did. She was madly in love with her husband, Andy. He served in the Iraq War. And during his deployment, he wasn't able to come home when his daughter Marley was born. He met her when she was 11 months old. Mm. And then they ended up having a son as well. But just before he lost his life in the war on Mother's Day, Andy uh, had a phone call with Tiffany. And he had no idea he was going to step on an IED the next day. And he made her promise that she would go to college no matter how long it took. Well, Tiffany is now 41 and she just graduated from college. Wow. She had Mm. a huge impact on the young women she studied with. They called her a brave, compassionate, loyal sister who's inspired them. Mm, Wow, what a story. So we should swap some stories about times you've made a promise, right? And it's been hard to follow through on. I think we've all found ourselves there, especially with your kids, right? That's why parents always say, we'll see, (laughs) instead (laughs) of, okay. So I I can get us started in a minute with one that my, my son, when he was little, called me out on something. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that next. So we're talking about uh, hard promises, times that you've, you've made promises, and then you had to go to extraordinary lengths to, uh, to keep them. This, isn't, this technically isn't a promise, but it's a behavior, something I told my son, this is something we're going to do. This is something our family is about. And this is when my son was little. I'm, he was probably five or six years old. Anyhow, I've always had the habit of carrying around uh, gift cards to fast food restaurants to hand out to people uh, who are asking for money or that need help or whatever. I'll give them the gift card. So we were living in South Florida at the time on a divide, and we're driving down a divided highway. And we were sitting at a red light, and a guy on the opposite corner, we were going north-south, guy on a very busy, I mean, it was a big junction, right? Guy on the opposite corner had a little sign, was asking people for, you know, help. And we're, I'm just sitting there. I, I saw him, but didn't think anything of it because he wasn't, you know, in our path. Couldn't like, you know, hey, come over here. And my son said, Dad, aren't we going to help that guy? And I said, well, he's on the other side of the highway, son. And he said, you said whenever we see someone, if we have a gift card, we're going to try to help him. And you have one. It was up in my visor. <laughs> so, yes, we drove up a block, made a U-turn, made a right-hand turn, made a U-turn, came back so we could give the guy... A gift card. Were you late for whatever you were trying to get to? I don't remember, but the point of the story is that sometimes, especially when your kids are little, Mm -hmm. you have to follow through on stuff like that, or they're going to think like, oh, 
Yeah, dad meant we help people when it's convenient, mm, not we just not, we just help people. So, and wow. by the way, Kyle still does that now. He'll get oh, a gift card awesome. when he can afford it, and he'll give it out to people. And he's a grown man so now. Cool. Love to hear from you. Promises that are hard to keep. Give us a call. Talking about promises you've made that were uh, extraordinary to keep, and uh, all started by that lady who promised her husband after, uh, right before he passed away she would go to college someday. And after she raised her kids, she did, and she graduated. And uh, this is nothing like that story. <laughs> I made a promise once and felt obligated to keep it, and it ended up getting me in big trouble. Uh, when I was in high school, I rode the same bus with the preschool through 12th grade. We all were on the same bus from Jupiter to West Palm Beach. And uh, one day we got uh, some sugar cubes in chemistry class. And I had them on the bus. And most of us had never seen a sugar cube in our lives. We hmm. didn't have parents that are like, one number two. <laughs> and um, so they, all the kids were like, wow, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. Oh, can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? And I very sarcastically, very mockingly said, yeah, I'll bring you all sugar cubes. And they all, all the little kids went, yay! It was like spontaneous joy eruption of cheers. And so I told my mom, I said, mom, I have to go to the grocery store. She's like, why? I said, well, I promised these kids sugar cubes. So my mom took me to the store. I came home, put them in little baggies. And the next day I passed them all out. And I got called to the principal's office. And they thought I was trying to give kids more than sugar no. Yeah, they thought maybe there was something <laughs> laced into the sugar. I'm like, no, it's just sugar cubes. I'm just trying to keep a promise. Never knew I'd get called into the principal's office for it. I think everybody wants to try to stay in shape, right? Within reason. I mean, you don't want to be one of those, uh, I don't know, health food exercise fanatics, but you want to stay in shape. So they did a study and they found out where the fittest cities in America are. What do you think is number one? Who is the fittest city in America? A uh, city, um, Los Angeles, Arlington, Virginia, suburb of Washington, oh, D.C. And this is interesting. Coming in second, Washington, D.C. Really? How is that possible? That I'm I, shocked. I'm I really am, too. I thought it would be somewhere like in Colorado or California or something like that. And in the bottom, the they, this is the top 103 of the, or two of the bottom three cities. They're in Texas. You know why? Why? Great cooks. They've got great food in Texas. That's why. <laughs> okay, so Kev, you know how you get super annoyed if someone moves your cheese? Like what mm-hmm. keeps happening to you here in the studio? Mm-hmm. If somebody moves the clock. I'm like, Can't where did the, the clock, clock go? Yeah, well, someone's moving your cheese again. I'll Ooh. tell you about it next. So Kev, I do not have good news for you because you do not like when someone moves your cheese. That's the title of a famous book when mm-hmm. things rearrange, uh, get rearranged on you. Uh, starting next month, Apple is getting rid of the big red end call button. It's going to be gone. How do you get rid of the end when, call then? Uh, when the iOS 17 comes out, uh, the updated design repositions the hang up button to the bottom right of the screen next to other functions. So the muscle memory is going to look for that big red button. <laughs> you are not going to be able to find it. I don't know about it. you, but but I've accidentally not hung up on calls with the big red button. Now I'm probably never going to hang up on anybody. <laughs> you just better be careful what you say. Exactly. After That's the what call. I'm worried about. <laughs> What's the hardest thing you've ever been through? Coming up, this teen coped with a tragedy in the most incredible way. This is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood star story of the day. Good news.
What would you say is the hardest thing you've ever been through? This teen uh, coped with tragedy in the most incredible way. Emily grew up in Maryland, and whenever she felt lonely, she would read books. Tragedy hit when her dad, who she considered to be her best friend, was diagnosed with stage four thyroid cancer. Mm. She juggled high school, keeping their family store open, and being the only caregiver for dad. Mom's not in the picture. Well, anxiety and depression set in, and she had to drop out of high school temporarily. She started thinking about kids going through chemo and how books could help them. So she started a nonprofit and has already given 15,000 books to kids going through cancer treatment, Mm. helping others lifted her out of her depression. And get this, her dad is now cancer-free but was left without a speaking voice. But he still drives Emily to help her drop off the boxes of books to hospitals at least once a month. Wow. So now dad is helping with her nonprofit. That is awesome. Unbelievable family. And as dads and daughters go, I would imagine they they have a language all their own. Oh, yeah. Even though he can't verbally speak. Yeah. And I imagine some of it's probably pretty comical. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do you enjoy sharing pictures of your kids on social media? You know, your family and friends and especially grandma get to see everything from the first day of school to a trip to the park to a family vacation. Maybe once your kids reach a certain age, uh, they beg you not to post. Mm. That always happens. But what if the government banned you from posting pictures of your kids? How would you feel about that? Mm. Parents in France may be facing just that under new privacy laws. Both mom and dad would be jointly responsible for their children's image rights And any decision to post them online would involve the child based on his or her age and degree of maturity with courts able to ban posting if either the mom or the dad disagreed. (laughs) Wild. So you picture like especially a couple that's no longer together. Yeah. And one's all for it. Like, no, this is how grandma gets to see everything. And the other one's like, no, I don't want any pictures posted. Then the court could get involved. Wow. The, the social media has just opened up a whole new can of worms, right, mm-hmm. that, that no one is prepared for. And and what's AI going to bring? <laughs> oh, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> I know, but I nuts, love right? when people post pictures of their kids, especially our producer Griffin's kids. Yeah. They're so cute. I thought what you were going to say is like adult children are suing their parents for no, pictures they posted when, when they were kids or something. And Does anyone ever send you a text or, or forward a meme to you and you're like, oh my gosh. They so know me. Yes. (laughs) All right. I got one of those the other day. So you guys probably know that my wife and I were dog fanatics. We had we had six dogs at one point. Our pack is down to five right now. Um, And I'm lobbying hard to get another one. But someone sent me a meme and it's a picture of the dogs from 101 Dalmatians. And this so fits me. It says, I blame Disney Disney on my unrealistic unrealistic expectations of how many dogs I can own. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's where it all began. That is so me. It's so funny. I had a friend sent me send me a meme the other day, too. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can so relate. I'll tell you mm. about it in just a minute. So a friend sent me a meme the other day. And yeah, it's that same feeling you mentioned, Kev. We're like, oh, they get me. It's me writing an email. I'm using an exclamation point so you know I'm friendly and excited. But now I'm using a period so you know I'm not crazy. Here's another sentence with a period as a buffer providing at just proving my normalness thanks so much exclamation point <laughs>
So, Kev, I uh, posted something on the Kevin and Taylor socials the other day. Okay. And it's it's kind of like a poetic way of some, saying something you try to warn parents at least three times a week. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. So, Kev, I posted something on the Kevin and Taylor socials the other day that is something as uh, an experienced parent, you try to remind young parents every day, and that is how fast it goes by. Oh, And phew, it's a no kind kidding. of a poetic take on it. It says, you blink and they're eight. Then 28. And then their parents. So take it in, Mama. Let them climb into bed with you. Sing a song they requested for the 10th time. <laughs> Hold them a little tighter when they want to hug you. Maybe in raising children, you lose your mind a little bit. But boy, do you find your soul. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it made one of our listeners, Emily, get all teared up. She said, I have a kiddo getting ready to go off to college. Mm. And one that's 16 and very involved in high school activities. She said the days are long and the years are so short. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, you hit the nail on the head with how quickly it goes by with the kids when they're little. When your kids are little, you can get so, you know, you don't see the forest for the trees mm-hmm. and you think, oh my gosh, when is this, when is this ever going to end? It does end. It goes by boom yeah, like that. And before you know it, now here's how quick it can go by. I can remember like yesterday being there when one of my little girls was going off to her first day of school. And now one of my little girls is going off to her first day of school as a teacher. (laughs) And it went by, I'm not kidding you, blink of an eye. So mom and dad, if those kids are little and maybe you're having a bad day right now, try to keep it all in perspective because there's going to come a day where you'll be like, boy, I wish I could go back. Just Even one of the worst days. If I could just Mm -hmm. go back for one day, I'd do it. Yeah. Most parents won't just tell you who their favorite child is. I mean, it could be the oldest, could be the youngest. It's most likely, it's 99% chance the middle child is their favorite. <laughs> Says Taylor, the middle the child. Middle. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a sneaky new way to get it out of you, mom and dad. It's a silly trend on TikTok where kids are logging out of Netflix and then asking their parents for the password. And if one of the kids' names is in the password, (laughs) they call themselves, yes, I am the password child and the parent's secret favorite. So watch out. Not only is it annoying that they logged you out, and hopefully you can remember your password, Uh but they're duping you into admitting who the favorite kid is. Well, I wonder what it, what does it say though? If uh, let's suppose they used your name for the password and then they can't remember the password. (laughs) (laughs) It means you're going to have to go to therapy. (laughs) At the best of times and the worst of times (laughs) all at the same time. You know that saying, well, you learn something new every day. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. was today years old when I learned, tell me if you know what this is in a minute, Kev, what a sip and see is. Hmm. Never heard of it. I'll tell you what it is next. Okay, so I don't know about you, but um, I was today years old when I learned what a sip and see is. And, and I was see. talking to a friend. She's like, yeah, uh, I got invited to a sip and see. Da, 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 da. Anyways, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we back it up for a minute? Um, Makes me think of sit, the toy when we were kids, the sit and spin. Yeah, or the see and say. <laughs> Um, no, a apparently I, she informed me that a sip and see is something that young parents hold when they're having a baby that's not the first baby. Because when it's the first baby, you have a baby shower. Okay. But it, apparently it's kind of sort of, I don't know why, but a little bit tacky to have another baby shower. And so they call it a sip and see. 
And it's just like the Seinfeld episode. You gotta see the baby. So when the baby's arrived, you come and have like, you know, like lemonade and, and soft drinks and punch. And there's snacks and stuff like that. Cupcakes. And you see the baby, but... There's also a registry in case you wanted to uh, get just a gift. In case. Just in no, case. No pressure, but just in case. So I'm like, well, how did I not know that there was such a thing as a sit, sip and see until today? But mm. apparently that's a thing. Uh, so if you get invited to one, now you know what it is. I'm going to have one of those when all my kids finally move out of the house. <laughs> so everybody can see my house. See the empty house. <laughs> right. I'll show you that. This is what we're planning to do with this room. This is what we're going to do with this room. It's a sip and see. Yeah. I think you could use it for lots of events. And we'll have a registry. You know, no pressure, but but we will have a registry. You can help furnish my man cave. <laughs> you ever watching something on TV and you get so stressed you jump out of your chair? Like maybe it's a, a tight game, a sporting event. I jumped out of my chair and was so stressed watching TV last night. Only it's not what you think. I'll tell you what was on the screen next. Have you ever jumped out of your seat watching something on the screen like your favorite sports team is like it's neck and neck? Like, it, it, you just you mm-hmm. got to jump up yeah, this yeah. the energy level. Well, I did that last night on the TV, only it wasn't anything to do with sports. It wasn't a horror movie. It was a little documentary that my husband popped on about mountain goats because he knows I think they are the cutest animals ever. Okay. And so they start showing this little baby mountain goat and he can't find his mom. Aww. And he's going, meh. <laughs> and he like goes up to all these other mountain goats, like smelling because they were all molting. So he couldn't recognize his mom, you know, where the they lose their <laughs> yeah. fur or whatever it's called. Yeah. And and so he'd sniff. Are you my mommy? And they'd like, get out of here, kid. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so mean. Where's his mom? Like, I just started getting so stressed out and it just kept going and going. And I'm like, and they're like, it's getting dark. And he still can't find. And finally, <laughs> he very cautiously goes up to one one goat, female mm-hmm. goat, and it's his mom. And Aww. he like starts Aww. jumping around. He's like, "Mom, mom, I found you, mom! I'm so happy!" <laughs> and they bed down together for the night. And he's still jumping up on his mom because he's so happy. And I, I couldn't help but go. What a terrible mother. She never looked for him once. <laughs> but the whole show was quite okay. stressful and riveting, and the I was so was, devastated. It was emotional for you because you were applying human emotion yeah. to the animal kingdom. He was crying. Okay, same same thing. It's similar situation happened to Tracy and I on vacation one time yeah. with baby sea turtles. I'll tell you about that okay. next. So uh, Taylor's watching a nature film about mountain goats, mountain little baby mountain goats separated so from mama. It struggles, 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 finally finds mom. And you're like, oh, I was so stressed right. out. But well, we, we tend to apply human emotions to those animal films and stuff. But Tracy and I had that happen in real life. Um, we were in Cancun, Mexico on vacation. Fabulous vacation. And there's a sea turtle conservatory there. They they you know want to promote the sea turtle population. So they have all these baby sea turtles that they they take care of until they're ready to swim out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these things grow to be like massive, right? But they're, oh, yeah. these little sea turtles are like diameter, like the size of a softball and they're flat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really tiny. Yeah. Um, so they have hundreds of them in these little crates and they're ready to be released into the water and you get to to assist. They'll, oh, they have fun. everyone line up and they put, they hand you like a, it's all, it's a coconut with the, and the turtles in there. Cause they don't want you to touch the turtle. They're like, just put your hand over the top. 
keep the turtle in there. And when we will release them one at a time, you release it and he'll, you know, screw the, like run down to the ocean and off he goes into the, into the tumbling sea. Mm -hmm. Um, But they tell you ahead of time. Now, um, when the predator, predator birds see that we're doing this, they will start swarming around. And no. Some of the uh-uh. turtles will uh-uh. uh-uh. make it. I cannot handle it. And they're uh-uh. like, that is just nature. No. That is what happens. And if, you, if you're not going to be okay with that, you might want to go back to Those the hotel. Those birds can eat bologna instead. <laughs> I would have right. to go back to the hotel. Sitting there with a bucket of like boardwalk french fries. Here, <laughs> have the french fries. Leave <laughs> the turtles alone. Right. I couldn't it, do it. My heart couldn't take it. Right, but you look at all that and you're like, okay, this is this is nature. This is like part of God's Did great design stay? is that it happens like this. You're like fearing for the for the turtle. Meanwhile, the bird is like, finally, lunch. Did right? you stay? Oh, yeah, we totally <gasps> released them. Absolutely. How could you do it? I couldn't, I my heart well, couldn't take it. my little turtle was slow. I nicknamed him Seabiscuit after the uh, the horse uh-huh. <laughs> that won the Triple Crown. I'm going, go Seabiscuit, go! <laughs> and he, he made it into the water. And there were no, for whatever reason that day, there were no flocking birds. And I think all of them. Did Tracy's make it? Yeah. I think all, oh, all like for the hundreds of them that were released that day, so far as we know, they made it. But we didn't stay to like watch the aftermath. We were like, okay, bye. Have a good life, turtles. And we went back to the hotel and sat by the pool. Yeah, because that's <laughs> what you want to believe. Right. And yeah. they lived happily ever after. <laughs>